Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. How are you? Good morning. This is Dr. Brenda Shoshana, Eshen Brenda Shoshana, back with another morning, another podcast episode for Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. <laughs> and what other life could it be? <laughs> every day, every day, one day, the next day, one podcast, the next podcast. Same day. It's strange. It is, when we look at it over a broad picture, really, it's one day only, the same day, day by day. And yet each day we receive the day so differently, and we are different, and so is the day, and yet it's the same day, one breath after the next, one opportunity after the next to come into a place of oneness with ourselves, with the day, and with all that comes to us. So many things come to us in life, so many people, events, experiences, oh my goodness, so many, many. That's why we seem to need many days, <laughs> couldn't experience everything in only one day. <clears throat> and yet I, as we get older and look toward perhaps the ending of these group of days and look back over our lives, it does seem like one big day. Anyway, 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 the topic for today, I love the topic for today. It is, the title, the topic is, In the Midst of Suffering, An End to Suffering. Wow. In the Midst of Suffering, An End to Suffering. So this is such a fascinating and even a complicated seemingly complicated because actually nothing here is that's the real joke of zen and the beauty of it it's not complicated the simplicity the enormous enormous simplicity of it just the words make it complicated the concepts the logic when we retreat and i would say retreat into defining life and defining ourselves through words concepts ideas yes 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 we slip right into the web of complications, of suffering, of confusion, of feeling trapped. We can very easily get trapped in ideas because every idea seems to contra contradict the next one. Well, this is a contradiction in the midst of suffering. I'm putting an end to suffering. How? That's the doubtful mind. How? The skeptical one. How? And of course... That is all the outcome of believing in words, of retreating. I love the concept of retreating to ideas and words. Not that words aren't important. They are. Not that logic doesn't have its place. Of course it has. But when we make it the epitome of life, the wisdom of life, disregarding so much else, then yes, we do put ourselves in a prison without bars, a trap. There's a wonderful book of Zen koans called The Entangling Vines. We put ourselves in the midst of entangling vines. So what is this trap we have to break out of? What is this suffering we have to, what we want to be free of? Well, one place to look is into our logical mind, our concepts that we make so real 
and that we live with and identify with day by day. You know, even the idea of suffering, it seems so so palpable, so real. We all do it. We all talk about it morning, noon, and night to our friends, to our acquaintances. Oh my goodness, this happened, that happened. And we even make an identity out of it, don't we? Oh, I'm so sad today. And we, and then with that, many people come, give us nurturing. If we begin to tell people, they give us sympathy. They give us attention. And we feel as if we're part of life and we're getting something we need. We're getting maybe the nurturing or the attention we need. And we're getting um, life itself. We were part of life itself by suffering. By calling out for help. Help me, help me, I'm suffering. Join the group and put an end to suffering. All of these protests and everything else, not that there's anything wrong with any of it, but we're just in Zen practice. All we do is take a step back for a little while, just for a little while from that way of being and see if it's even effective, if it even produces the results that we so long for. We long deeply for an end to suffering. We long for that, an end to injustice, an end to cruelty. Of course, that's a deep, natural part of our being because we are all basically, fundamentally, very joyful and happy and loving and playful, and we want to return to that. We want to live in that beautiful state of being. So how do we get so hooked onto suffering? It's a very interesting koan because, you know, we are hooked onto suffering in many, many ways. To begin with, ostensibly, our, our entire lives are organized around avoiding suffering. I'm going to do everything I can to succeed, to be liked, to, to, to succeed, to have what I need, to be well thought of, on and on and on. So... We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be what we call a failure. We want to succeed. We want to avoid suffering. And we grab moments of pleasure and happiness when they come. Certainly grab them. <clears throat> and we demand more of them too. I want more of this. This is good. I feel good. I want more. And the better things go, the more the moments of happiness come. We identify with them in a sense and when then we say, well, right now, I'm a success because I'm happy because things are going my way. When things go my way, I'm a success and I'm happy, like a little child. When things don't go my way, ugh, I failed and I'm unhappy, like a child. Like a little one, they, they believe and want everything to go their way, of course, and of course, of course, things can never, never, never always go our way. In fact, things go all kinds of ways, right? The nature of events fluctuates so much. And are we in charge of how these events come and go? We think we are. We think we're in charge of the universe. It's up to me. I'll do this and that and this, and I'll get the results that I want. Now we're touching upon 
the cause, a little bit of the cause of all this suffering. I, 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 what I want, what I think, what I need, what I demand, me, 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 me. And our world is actually organized around me, 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 getting what I want, having others believe what I believe. Now, of course, as we listen to it and look at it and dwell with this, how is anything but suffering possible? Living in that frame of mind, we are actually creating creating inevitable pain and suffering. But we don't really see that. So what is Zen practice? It just takes us for a few moments out of that net of pain, or maybe more than a few moments, if we dedicate to really practicing. I mean, I can't say really practicing because many there are many forms of practice. But if we dedicate to taking ourselves out of the net of pain in the midst of suffering, putting an end to suffering, that is the aspiration of Zen practice. And of course, it can seem impossible when we're really caught. But it's not impossible. It's more than possible because, as I said, our very nature wants to be happy. It wants us to relish life, relish one another, enjoy, respect, honor, have fun together. So there is, in the midst of suffering, the craving or the, the wish to end suffering. And Zen practices, yes, yes, it's not even that hard. It can be done. What a claim, right? What a claim. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, that's a koan. And of course, when somebody gives you answers, sorry about that. When somebody gives you answers, that's not Zen practice either because you have to taste it and experience and do it for yourself. That's a big part of this practice. <clears throat> Guidelines, of course, are offered suggestions. For some, even just hearing, oh, I can get out of this entangling vine, that itself is the beginning of the end of suffering, really seeing that and knowing that and believing that and, and, and practicing that. Because above all, Zen is practice, 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 meaning really doing it and making it your own life, your own flesh and bones. So there are simple guidelines, but and I will offer them some of them now, some of them later, but the point is, the biggest point is, for you to practice these guidelines, for you to take it up as a koan, which means my answer isn't coming from somebody else. It's right in me. My way is right in me. And it's my work to discover my way. It can feel like work, of course, in the beginning, because we are so caught in so many other ways, so many other ideas, so many other directions. So let's start for a moment with a few simple guidelines 
and hopefully these guidelines will be a form of practice for you. Of course, when we sit on the cushion, we sit and we don't move. And we allow everything to just arise and fall as it does. You, you, you have control about whether you go and sit down and do a sitting, a, med- a sit, a meditation, a period of time of practice. That you really, ha- to some extent, you have control of that. You can get to the cushion, sit down, get ready, and not move and watch what's going on, breathe become quiet. And then, of course, everything from within begins to come up, to leave. Many, many things happen when we do that. What it is that happens while we're sitting and practicing, we really don't have control over that. That just comes and that just goes. And yet what we can do is find a new way of being responding to all that comes and all that goes. And as we do this for a long, long time, we begin to realize that, yes, our life on the outside in the world is just like what it is on the cushion. Things come up, people, events, and then they go. Now, on the cushion, we can struggle a lot with a memory or a thought or a feeling. We can fight it. We can resist it. We can try to avoid it. We can jump into a fantasy to, to eliminate it, pull our attention away from it. There's a lot of ways that we interact with what comes up. That's fine. And that we will interact with it the same way we interact with our life. But there's another ingredient that's there when we're sitting, and that is we are present. We're there. <laughs> We're present to all of it. We're, we're, we're watching it. We're seeing it. We're, we're, we're not blind to it. We're aware of it. Awareness is added. Oh, wow. What a beautiful addition. Bringing awareness, awakeness to all of this panorama that goes on within and without. So the longer we sit, the more we begin to realize, well, when uh, if I start to fight the pain that arises, it could arise emotionally, it could arise pain in the leg, in the back, physically, it could the pain of boredom, it could be many different kinds of pain. And we begin to see if I fight it, if I resist it, if I if I object to it, if I try to push it away, it will only get stronger. So here I am in the midst of suffering. How do I put an end to this suffering, which is the koan for today? And the answer as we sit and sit and sit, or one answer, is when we learn. But we don't learn it intellectually. We learn it in our body, in our life, in our bones. We learn to stop fighting what's happening We learn the beautiful, precious action of allowing. We learn to observe. We learn to be with it. We learn even to welcome whatever comes along. And miracle of miracle, because it really is a miracle, 
Uh, the more we welcome it, the more we stop fighting it, the more we even honor it. The more we relax, the more it relaxes. And what seemed to be so painful is not suffering any longer. It turn, it's in the midst of suffering. There is an end to suffering. Because the real suffering is not what's arising it's our reactions to it, our hating it, our fighting it, our considering ourselves a failure because of it. That's what's causing the suffering. And that we can let go of. <clears throat> that we have the power to transform. Maybe we don't have the ability to transform what arises for a long, long, long time. What arises just will arise. But that's okay. Because we can transform the way we react to it. And right as we do so, in the midst of suffering, there is an end to suffering. And actually, what was once a really bad pain when we stop resisting it and let it just flow along, turns into joy very often, surprisingly enough. <clears throat> There's an alchemy here, and it happens by itself. It's like learning the laws of gravity. You know, if you go outside and you drop a pencil, it'll fall to the floor. It's the laws of physical gravity. There's also the laws of spiritual gravity, emotional gravity. And we learn that. We learn that as we practice. We learn how suffering is not what we think. We're not suffering for the reasons we think, and it can be ended quite readily. So it's, <laughs> it's time for the podcast. seems to have ended, too, at the moment. And I thank you. Thank you so much for listening again. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. By the way, I'm going to be offering, especially about relationships, there's so much suffering in relationships, an online Zoom course called Zen and Your Relationship, The Simple Laws of Love. And again, let's look at the suffering in relationships. It'll be to start with for two Tuesday evenings. If you want more information about it, please contact me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And I'd, love, I'd be happy to give you all the information I can about it. You're welcome to join us. And other than that, the website for our talk now is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. You can also find many other uh, uh, episodes of Zen Wisdom for Today. So thank you very much for listening again. It's lovely to have you listening, and it's lovely to be sharing this, and Again, have a beautiful, beautiful day. And by the way, one more quick thing. If you really want to talk or communicate about anything on the podcast, I'm always very happy to hear from you. And my email, as I said, is topspeaker at yahoo.com. Okay, have a wonderful week.